if you smell what the rock is cooking. What's going on, everyone? Another episode of Wizards of the Gallery plays. Blah, 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 blah. Damo, I don't know what the hell we just watched, but I gotta tell you, I think out of every single event that I've witnessed while being a part of this fan base, and you've been a part of it, a part of it longer than I have, so maybe you can get, give a, a time where it's been darker or something more embarrassing, but this has to be the most embarrassing thing that... I've been a part of as a Wizards fan. Man, uh, it's been some tough years here in D.C. over the last 15, 20 years plus, yeah. man. Yeah. It's been some tough years, man. I didn't I see seen a lot of rock bottoms, man. Um, this one here tonight, man, after coming off of that loss against Boston – just how they played, and then and then this the way they blew that thirty five point lead, man. Like, is this is tough, man? Like, I, I I've I've ne- I don't think I've been this mad in a long time, man. And, and I got mad a lot last year with with Russ and some of his bonehead play, uh, Scott Brooks and his his stupid coaching, um. But I think this one's this one takes the cake for me, man, because it was just it was just malpractice from from a coaching point guard execution standpoint down the stretch. And when you see it juxtaposed to a, a Ty Lu who's a who's a championship winning coach, like it just looked even worse because everything that we asked the staff here to do, he was doing. And that's how they came back from down 35. It was it was all about accountability and effort, no matter what your contracts say, and playing the guys that were going to give you that. And we just over here just sticking to the sticking to an index card of rotations, and it it was just it was just very disappointing, man. That that's really it. It was just disappointing. So a lot of the, the the reaction for Wizards fans is like mad and like again for, and I was telling you this before we got on. I'm not even mad and I told this in another group chat that I'm in and I said being mad for me means that like you expect better or that that you're disappointed because you had higher expectations for for the for the team I guess or for the event or whatever whatever happened. And to me, like, I can't get mad because this team this season has already made me irritated enough to where, like, they can't, they can't hurt me anymore. Like, I'm, I'm just at a state where, like, if they win, you know, yeah, that's all cool. But if they lose or get embarrassed or have an astronomical fuck-up like they had tonight, like, 
even to get to such a low point, like I'm still, I can't let it bother me anymore. Just because again, I refuse to tie any expectations or hopes to this basketball team. And we can backtrack this and go back to, to, to what the root of all this is. Maybe that's time for another night. Um, I'm just, I'm really trying to get the, the, the more the raw reaction out of this and just kind of talk about the game specifically. Um, Bradley Beal, 23-9-6. Um, 40% from three, 53% from the field. Did have five turnovers, and, you know, those can't be overlooked, but I have a hard time, like, him being the number one culprit of why they lost this game tonight. Yeah, I mean, like, we, 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 can, uh, we can definitely discuss our issues with Beal uh, and his play on the season of, as, as a whole. Uh, but just this night specifically, he's not why they lost. Um, but again, he wasn't, he wasn't a guy that took it to like all NBA MVP level to go close it out either. You know, he had turnovers down the stretch. Um, you know, he got a shot blocked there when they really didn't know what to run. It just seemed like they just stopped playing and got confused and just was, it just gave it to Beal in a bad spot. But, um, yeah, he, I, I'm not so, I'm not so mad about his performance tonight. He just kind of, he just kind of played like an all-star, but it's just like the fact that you needed Bradley Beal to be MVP level versus a Clippers team that started a guy that's on a 10 day without it's two really without. Yeah. Without his two best players. I just, it just goes to show that like there's some other, there's some other shit going on with this roster that is not, that needs to be, needs to be held accountable for. Um, and, and some, and some shit gotta happen, man. Some shit gotta shake, uh, whether it's blow it up, or whether it's it's shorten shorten the back end of this roster and, and balance it out better, but it needs to be some real conversations about who's on this team going forward over the next couple of weeks. So do, does this result for you kind of change on your outlook at the deadline, or you are you still kind of looking at it like you know we should probably be buyers? I think it does, man. I think it does because some of the vets on this team that I thought could really be like key pieces to a, a, a contending team going forward, I'm not so sure about anymore. Like I really felt like, like when the trade happened to get the Lakers guys over, I felt like the most important piece in all of it was KCP. Because mm-hmm. it was it was finally a guy here that was that quintessential three and D can make threes, plays great defense, solid veteran, and he's done it on a level that's won a championship, right? He was a very vital piece to that Lakers championship. Um, but I really don't see that with him anymore. I I, I yeah. just see a guy that just I don't know. He's out there trying to showcase some newfound ability that he thinks he has. Um, He's shooting, he's passing up threes and shooting long twos off the dribble. He's trying to finish in traffic in the lane and and he's trying to dribble and play make. And every time he does it, 
it's an embarrassment, man. And I'm just like, is anybody going to tell him that that's not his game, that he's not good at that? Like from the coaching staff to Beal to, to other vets on the team, like that's not what got you uh, the, the amount of years you've been in the league doing that. What, what got you to this point in this league, running the corners, finding gaps in the defense and spotting up for three, getting timely steals and deflections and, and staying in front of your man and being that quintessential three and D guy. It's not you trying to pretend to be Devin Booker. Like that's not what got you here. And I just, I don't understand why that message isn't getting passed through to him. Like I, I mm-hmm. so for me now, like those type of players, I'm just kind of like, if we sold off on those guys for first round picks, and then just went into the summer with just the idea of that, hey, we're going to sell off these guys, get some first-round picks, get some young talent, and then maybe we can make a trade for some legitimate veteran pieces with those guys, with team, other teams that want to blow it up. I, I'm all for that at this point. Like, I, I think now, seriously, like nobody on this team is untouchable to me. And that includes Beal for you. For sure, but I, but I think it would be kind of unrealistic to expect a trade for him now because he he doesn't have anything left on his contract. Like he's a free agent after this year, so no team is going to trade for him with uncertainty that he'll resign. Well, um, and also no team is going to give you twenty five percent of their roster right now because that's what it would take salary wise to to probably get a deal done. Yeah. Um, so I'm still very um, be a buyer, and I'll get into kind of why in a second. But but, but I wanted to touch on KCP for a sec because you know I think Trez is Trez has been like a, a steady like you know he's not MVP level anymore obviously, but I still think he's okay for the most part. Um, Kuzma obviously is is more good than bad. The thing with KCP, and I get it, but. How much less of a disaster would he be if we had a point guard who, number one, wanted to have the ball um, and, and, and was aggressive? Uh, you know, I mean, I guess that's pretty much what it comes down to for me. I mean, I, I, I gave Dinwiddie my lowest grade when we did uh, player grades the other day. And I think it's not just because of like his own play, but what you do at the point guard position affects so much of what everyone else does. And when you don't have someone at the point of attack at point guard um, who can get downhill and create, then that's when you see like, like Dinwiddie deferring to KCP. And then all of a sudden KCP is like, well, shit. I mean, again, someone's got to do it. So even though I'm not the best at it, but in this situation, like, you know, I have to, because if he's not going to do it, no one else on the floor is going to. So I get that I'm not trying to absolve KCP of blame, but I would like to add that if you had another player who was ball dominant and was aggressive and was actively trying to get downhill, I don't think that we're talking about KCP the same way we are now. Yeah, and you know what? I I agree with that. Um, You know, it's kind of like your point guard is really kind of like the head of your snake, man. Like if you – if you don't have a legitimate point guard that kind of can connect the dots, well, you get in situations where you look like a, a chicken with his head cut off. I mean, we kind of see that, 
you see those struggles with a team like Boston. You know, they got a lot of talent up on the top of their roster, but they don't have that point guard that kind of connects it all. You know, you saw the Suns. They were the same way before they got Chris Paul. Uh, I think we're in a I think we're in a similar spot, but it's just like, do we have the assets to go get the point guard we need here? Do we have a GM that's willing to? He that would mean he would have to admit that the Dinwiddie signing was a failure. Is he willing to admit that forty five games into the season? Um, right. I'm not sure he is. So that you're going to admit that you didn't had back-to-back free agents signing duds from Davis Bertans to now Spencer Dinwiddie. Right. And now you might be in a position where you have to give up assets to correct mistakes that you made over the summer. And look, I know that because there was someone who tweeted out that, like, you know, was, was mad about getting rid of John Wall with, with the whole Westbrook trade. but And I get, you know, I'm... My point here is like the the biggest trade that he made aside from, you know, trading wall. But when you traded wall and draft capital for a player that you presumed was going to elevate you. And I'm not saying he didn't to an extent, but I don't think it was of the effect where like if we go back at the beginning of that season, you know, would we rather keep wall in that draft pick instead of Westbrook? You know, I'd, I'd probably say, yeah. Um, in hindsight, so you're talking about Tommy Shepard's biggest financial investments, free agency wise, and then the biggest trade he's also pulled off that's not under the radar that like people actually care about. You know, it's it it didn't really look good and it didn't pay off. He's not on the roster a year later, and I give him credit for getting off of Russ, but the he probably shouldn't have been here in the first place. So, um, you know, uh, I'm not too high on Tommy right now. Uh, I know we can say, well, at the time we liked all these moves and stuff, and that's great. That's fine. But at the end of the day, sports is it's, it's a results-based business. And the results for Tommy Shepard, really, to be honest, have, have not been that great. I got to be honest. Yeah, man. Like, I, I, I don't even think the, the keep them all discussion, I don't even think that's a – that to me is not even a conversation. Like, no, I, my, I mean, he's, the, only, the only point I was trying to make was your biggest trade that you made turned out to be a flop as well. So, like, we can talk about the, yeah. the free agency being a whiff and he's good everywhere else, but like, people want to talk about the Gafford trade and all that. And like, that's great. But I mean, going back to that year before, the Shabazz Napier trade to me made no sense. Um, yeah. The, where we got rid of Jordan McCray again, a wing who can defend a little bit and shoot the three ball. Why did we do that? And then the, the Westbrook trade as well. It, it in hindsight, it really just didn't make any sense. So, um, you know, like I posted the, the polls the other day asking generally. So when, you say, how, when you say Westbrook trade, you mean the trade to get the pieces from the Lakers to get rid of them or the, the trading wall to get Russell Westbrook? Yes. yes the, the wall part, because even oh, though okay. like some of the Lakers are still driving me crazy this year sometimes, oh, I would still rather have this than Russ 10 times out of 10. I'm, I'm not even questioning that. But, uh, again, you, I'm, I'm just going back to, to the wall trade because – I see what you said. So is it – okay, so you're, you're, you're comparing would you rather have John Wall in your 2023 pick or would you rather have KCP, Kuzma, Trez, Dinwiddie, Isaiah Todd? Right. I mean, Holiday. I guess. I yeah. mean, I guess. I can you see know. I can see an argument for that though. Like I can see an argument like where you're kinda like 
because if it blows up at this point with John Wall on the books, at least you only got a year left after this year and you still keep your 2023 pick. So you're not tied up in no way with your picks. Um, my, my thing again, like you can look at it in a vacuum and compare the packages. Like you can compare the, the wall and pick compared to what we got back in the Lakers trade. But for me, it was like when you trade like a franchise player, like you need to make sure that in that deal, whatever you get back is like really good and absolutely going to help you. And to me, the results of that trade outweigh the more of the results than what we got from shipping Russ to the Lakers, just because of like what it meant to the organization and to the franchise. Cause let's be real. Um, wall is peak wall was way better than what we're getting out of Beal right now. And you traded him away. Like the, the guy who gave us some of our best years and it's like, you know, fast forward a couple years later and we blew a 40 point lead to the Clippers without Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Like I'm just trying to, I I'm just trying to like somewhat get to the root of this. And I just don't want Tommy Shepard to go unabsolved from blame because he's done some good things. He's not shit. He, I don't think he's bad, but I, I I mean, he might be bad though. I mean, I, I I don't know. We still need more time to figure it out, but, but I get your overall point though. And I, and I've said this too, you know, being better than Ernie Grunfeld is not good enough. Right. You know, that's not that's not a bar that's going to cut it like you have to be the the NBA is really the have and have nots of general managing. Like if you look at all the teams that have won titles that have turned around their teams that have have have, you know. Like again, the Nuggets, the Heat, um, the Warriors, um, yep. who else? Got, the Suns, James Jones just got a freaking extension earlier James today Jones. because of Even the work the- he's done. Even the Bulls, uh, the GM they just hired last the year. The Bucks got to give him credit for the Drew Holiday trade. Yeah, it's it's all relative. Like it's you know Messiah up in Toronto. Yep. it's the have and have nots of general managing. All of the elite GMs win, and they make moves that make them winners. If you're not doing that, then you're just you're just an average GM. You're just a run of the mill guy. Pick your name out of a bucket, and you know they all the same. Which so, is why, and I don't mean to cut you off, but this kind of ties back into why I want the Wizards to be a buyer because I want Tommy to prove that he can make those moves that turn us into a contender. Now, look, if we go get Sabonis or or whoever, we're not a contender this year. Like, I, I don't want it to make it seem like that's what I'm saying, but what with Sabonis at 19 mil and even Brad on that Supermax, if you want to give him give that to him this summer, there's so much flexibility where you can go into this summer and still try and improve your roster. But again, it's going to come down to legit general managing. And I just want Tommy to have that chance because if he keeps making these under-the-radar moves that may improve a little bit, but in the grand scheme of things don't really help you become a contender, like to me, that's just fraud GMing. And then that's like that's insulting yeah. the fan base's intelligence to me. Yeah, because then, then at that point, you're just shuffling the, the chairs on the deck. Like you're not actually – like. It, and and that kind of goes back to the what you were referring to earlier with the wall trade for Russ and then the pieces. It's like okay, if you're just gonna get off walls forty one million, just to go and pay that forty one million to to two bums, then what are you really accomplishing? You know, right. you got to go get off that forty one million and then go give that money to a player or or give that money to assets that you can then flip for a player that's better than the one you got rid of. 
And, right. and that's the part he hasn't done yet. So right now we're still stuck in this limbo, this transition phase, and it's not looking good for him. So he's got to go now and and go make that move to justify getting rid of a beloved pillar player for your franchise. And and that's why I want Tommy to make to to make a move to to take a swing because. The one thing that we always got mad at Ernie for was he never took a swing. Like when we had peak wall and, and Brad was on his way, we had Gortat who was still in his prime and was playing solid ball. Like you, you had a nice foundation there to put together a contender. If you could get that other piece on the wing and they, he never took a swing with that despite having plenty of opportunities. So I just don't want the same to be said for Tommy because if he keeps having the, like a, a year from now, um, a year and a half if we're looking at next year's off season, so not this coming off season, but the next off season, and he objectively ha- hasn't tried making a swing for another star player and hasn't like tried to legit improve the roster. I want you gone, man. You know, um, the the idea for me when Tommy took over was okay. We had Beal in place, and we're probably going to suck for a couple years. Wall was injured that that first year, so we're going to evaluate evaluate young talent. He came out and said that I'm fine. The second year, um, you're still trying to evaluate your roster and all that. Like, I get it, but it's getting to that point now where like you you need to 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 get it together and start putting it together. Like you've had several off seasons now to evaluate your roster and know where you need to improve, especially if you want to please your star player, which everyone can bitch about Beal up and down, but the dude's been loyal to a damn T. And and it's kind of also insulting to him that you wouldn't try and bring another legit player in to play alongside him, especially since, number one, you shipped Wall out. And then number two, um, Westbrook was just objectively bad. So he, he his entire time that we've had Prime Beal and under Tommy Shepard's leadership, he hasn't had a legit number two to him. The best player he's played next to this entire time has been Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, and and that's and that's the facts, man. That's the facts. Like we can we can we can talk about Bill till we blew in the face, but I mean we can't we can't underscore that. Like it's if Kyle Kuzma is your second best player, I don't know what you can really expect of 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 seriousness, right? Like how serious are you if Kyle Kuzma is your second best player? Um, so he's got it. That's on Tommy to 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 do something about that. Like you've had you've had the job now for three years. It's third year now. Um, you know, you gotta it's it's time to show and prove, man. Um, and then and of course Bill has to get back to his all NBA self. Right? Now, if this is gonna be the Bradley Bill we see the rest of his career, then you're doomed anyway. <laughs> right? right? <laughs> you're do- you're doomed anyway. But, but if, I, if you I, improve, if you get better pieces and you improve this roster, if you put another piece or two next to him, I guarantee you he's not as bad as he is. Yeah, I want to believe that. I want to believe that. Um, I just, man, I don't know, man. I, I want to believe that. Like, I, I feel like this year is just kind of a fluky ass year because you have new coach. He's trying to learn a new system. Bill's trying to learn a new system. You know, he's he's trying to be a playmaker when he really shouldn't be. That really wasn't what you thought he was going to be trying to do this year, right? Um, when you bring in a, a Spencer Dinwiddie, you thought that was going to go to him. Um, and now he's assuming other duties. 
because the point guard play is lacking. So it's it's just it's just a big clusterfuck, man. And I, I would like I would like to see uh just they they gotta do something this deadline to just kinda jolt this roster, man. So that again, right. like we said before, guys are put in their proper roles. And there there is no guessing game on okay, what do we do? What do we do? Oh no, give it to Beal. Like, cause that's 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 basically what the ball game came down to against the Clippers. Like, it was like you knew didn't what he wasn't gonna try to do nothing. Uh you knew you knew uh they were gonna face guard Beal. Uh and then it was just kinda like, oh no, what do we do? What do we do? So then you got you got guys turning it over, five second violation, you had shot clock violations, you had Beal just getting it at the end of the shot clock, forcing something, getting a shot blocked. It was just bad, man, because again, you don't have that that hierarchy in a plan of attack to close games, and it's it's unfortunate, man. Yeah, um, but, th- but that's why I want them to be buyers because I want Tommy to give himself a chance to show that he can improve the roster. Um, and for those that want to rebuild, like, I'm sorry. And I understand. I'm not saying I don't, and I'm not saying don't. I'm not going to tell anyone how to be a fan and what to root for. You root for what you think is right, you know, but I'm just saying I want them to be a buyer because I want Tommy to prove that he can improve the roster and bring another guy in here. I want Beal to have the best chance possible um, while he's the head of the snake to win a championship, I want Wes Unsell Jr. to not be given a shit situation where he's out in a couple years or a few years because he can't lead Rui and Denny to 37 wins. And, you know, um, I'd rather just win, to be honest. And it's not being stubborn about just like Beal or anything. It has nothing to do with that. I would just rather them try to do this before we have to do the rebuild all over again because watching Alexei Petrov, um, Andre Black, <laughs> JaVale McGee, Dominic McGuire, that just, it wasn't fun Jordan to me. Crawford. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. I mean, I guess my thing is like, all right, if, if Bill, we know Bill isn't worth 250, right? So, if he, what is he worth? Is he worth 150? The, the, the yeah, more okay. relevant, to, to me, the more relevant question is, okay, if we're not paying him, then who are we paying? Yeah, so it's like, that's, and that's kind of where I'm getting. Like, okay, you don't pay Bill 250 Say Say Bill says, man, you know, I play like some shit this year, man. Go ahead and give me 150 instead of 250 Okay, does that, does that help you get better? Like, does that, does that help Dinwiddie and Bertans become useful contracts now? Like, right, right. does all of a sudden that turns Kyle Kuzma into an all-NBA level player or all-star level player consistently? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. You still got to go make moves. You still got to go and, and do what you, you need to do to increase the talent on this roster, the high-level talent on this roster, right? Like, because again, like I say, no matter what Beal is making, if he's not playing at the level we saw the previous two years – we're doomed anyway. But no matter what he makes, you got to go get a better talent in here, period. <laughs> so, and, and all the transactions now are being made via trade. Who the hell is, right. is who, who has cap space this summer? Right. But that's not an excuse. Like, nobody's, nobody's playing for 
cap space right now because that's not even how this shit works anymore. These these players are kind of taking their own leverage back. They're going to sign these Supermax deals, right? They're getting the bag, and then they're going and requesting a trade. And conducting sign-in trades in the offseason. Exactly. So it's not even about having cap space no more. If you're sitting here talking about cap space right now in 2022, you stuck in an NBA that was 10 years ago because that's not the NBA that's right now. And not every GM is Daryl Moore. Like, for example, like if if Carl Anthony Towns said, I'm requesting a trade and I want to go to the Wizards and it's not going to happen anywhere else, but I'm not suiting up for you ever again until you move me. You're telling me Carl Anthony Towns wouldn't be a wizard by next season because he would. I mean, that's just how the NBA works. Like, it's all about, you know, leverage and, and it's more of a player's thing. But again, it goes back to being a situation, but you can't be a situation when you don't have winning players on your roster or, or good players on your roster. And right now, like, the only players that I think are worth keeping going for, like, to me, like, the, the untradeables, obviously Gafford um, can't be traded. He, he, he would be on the block if I could move him, but he can't be. So Gafford, you can't move. Beal, no, because I want to try and win. And then I would hate to give up Kuzma. Um, I would like to – I'm pro-keep Kuz. I, I would like to keep him. But if it took giving him up to get an all-star in here, then I'm fine with that. But other than that, I mean, I'm not moving Kuzma either. And then I think Beal, Kuzma, and Sabonis, for example, you know, I think that's a good starting point for the offseason. Yeah, I mean, in in the context of playing competitive basketball, like – that's a three that you're not looking at and just kind of like kidding yourself. Like you're not saying, oh, we're not we're not expecting Dinwiddie or Kuzma to be our second best player. Like we're, right. we're you know, like it's like, OK, we know we know who's getting the ball right here. Like it's not it's not a guessing game. Who's going to be the second leading score on your team every other night? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I understand it from that standpoint. I, I just think, man, it's like. Do you really, I guess Wizards fans at this point now are just kind of like, after this, like, it's just, how long are we going to keep being a playing team, a playing team, or first round or second round exit, and then you're picking, you know, ninth, 10th, 15th in the draft and expecting to get an elite talent? Like, you're yeah. never going to get one. You know, you're just going to be like the Pacers. <laughs> like, right. you know, you're going to win... You're gonna win thirty to, to to forty games every year and just be be just good enough to be in the play in, but not bad enough to get the elite talent you need to be a true contender. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well I think that's a good enough conversation for tonight. Um anything else you wanna try and get in real quick before we get off here? Like uh they gotta, they gotta, they gotta do something, man. West, West Unsell, he gotta do something. Tommy gotta do something, man. Well, I guess we'll see. But um, thanks for listening. Sorry if some of this sounded a little bit unorganized. Just kind of rambling here. This wasn't really planned. So, uh, but but thanks for listening again. Same as always. If you're not subscribed, make sure you are. Uh, leave us a five star review. Leave us a comment. Blah 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 blah. We'll see you next time. <laughs>